And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first... And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, to the city of David, which was called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. Jesus was here just a few days ago. I found him standing in front of the door of my inn. Didn't recognize him at first. It's true, our paths did cross, but that was 33 years ago. And back then, I was more concerned about work than worship. 33 years ago, my wife Rachel and I, we were the sole proprietors of the Bethlehem Bed and Breakfast Inn, the BB&B, or the B&B Inn-B, anyhow, best inn in town. Of course, it was the only inn in town, but nevertheless, we enjoyed a wonderful, simple life of helping travelers on their way. God had blessed us with two boys, Joshua, about a year and a half, and Samuel, just a a few months old. And they brought such joy and happiness into our home. Happiness was hard to come by in Bethlehem. The name Bethlehem means house of bread, but bread was not plentiful. We were an obscure village of 300 poor peasants, mostly farmers, some craftsmen, shepherds, to be sure, and shopkeepers like us, all trying to eke out a a meager existence, fighting to keep the soul in the body as long as we could. Bethlehem was poor, but Bethlehem was famous. The patriarch Jacob, And his wife, Rachel, not to be confused with my wife, Rachel, over 2,000 years ago, they were coming into Bethlehem, and Rachel died giving birth to Benjamin. And so they buried Rachel right here in town. Her tomb is just up the street. Great tourist attraction. And we're called the city of David because Israel's greatest king grew up as a shepherd boy. And some of you might know that David's greater son, the Messiah, will come from Bethlehem. It's the prophet Micah who said, 
but you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, though you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall he come forth to me, who will be ruler over my people Israel, whose origins are from old, even from everlasting. So Bethlehem was legendary. But somehow, some way, we forgot our way. We forgot about the Messiah. For hundreds of years we had been waiting and nothing happened. The anticipation and excitement of Messiah's coming soon faded away into oblivion like the morning fog. And Bethlehem was an empty place, empty of hope. And then it got worse. The Romans came. They occupied our city, soldiers lurking on every corner. They stripped us of our freedom, robbed us of our dignity, kept us poor with taxes. Such is the life when the heel of Rome is upon your neck. And so when the decree came down from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed and that everyone had to go back to the city of their ancestors, well, I had mixed emotions. On the one hand, I hated Rome. I hated her imperial pride reflected in that arrogant puppet king Herod king of the Jews. What a joke. And the census, that was outrageous. That would cause unspeakable hardship for hundreds of people to travel all the way back to the home of their ancestors. But on the other hand, Rome had unknowingly given me a great gift. For what Hebrew innkeeper worth his weight in shekels could ever frown upon a crowd? People who lived in Bethlehem, born in Bethlehem, did not stay, but now they had to come back. And they needed a place to stay. And my inn was going to be filled to overflowing. Every burden usually has a hidden blessing. Oh, and my inn was packed. People desperate to find some lodging were willing happily to pay a high price for a small room. And I think think we did more business in that one night than we had done the previous year. And then there was the night that changed my life, changed our town, changed the world. After a hard day of work, Rachel and I wanted nothing more than to collapse upon our mats and fall fast asleep. And that's exactly what we did until we heard a knock on the door. Husband, do something, Rachel insisted. So I mumbled, go away, we have no room, rolled over to go back to sleep as any good husband would. But the knocking persisted. And then I was worried. What if something is wrong? No one in their right mind would be out at this late hour of the night. There are highway robbers everywhere. What if a robber's knocking on my door? Thieves don't 
normally knock on the door. Oh, this is not good. So I got up, wiping the sleep out of my eyes, and slowly made my way to the door, club in hand. I opened the door just to crack. I didn't see her at first. I only saw him. Uh, Sir, could we have a room for the night? You've got to be kidding. During the census, we're full. We've been full for days. We have no room. But sir, we're desperate. We've come all the way from Nazareth. We're, We're from the house of David. My name is Joseph. My wife is Mary. She's with child. And her time is near. And then I saw her. Stepping out of the shadows, even in the dark, I could tell by her features that she was very young and very pregnant. Her sweet face betrayed signs of great fear. I'm sorry, we have no room. It was at that exact moment that my wife, Rachel, appeared. Oh, she has a heart of gold and a will as strong as Samson. She took charge of the situation, had pity on that young couple. Husband, do something, which I believe is her favorite phrase. (laughs) What am I to do? I can't push paying customers out into the street. And beside that, the census has put everyone in a bad mood, including me. There's nothing I can do. Not wanting to argue with Rachel anymore, I turned back to Joseph. So you're from the house of David. Your relatives are all over this town. Stay with one of them. No one will take us in. I have a hard time believing that. Jewish law demands that we take in strangers, not to mention family members, and especially someone who is with child. And by the way, why did you bring your pregnant wife all the way down from Nazareth when the census didn't demand it? What in the world have you done to cause your family to despise you? It's complicated, sir. You see, uh, our son has to be born in Bethlehem. Uh, There was a prophet Uh, Micah, he said, but you, Bethlehem, though you're... I know about the prophet Micah. What does that have to do with you? Our son, an angel of God told us, our son is God's son. God's Messiah. Wow. (laughs) You know... People fabricate a lot of stories just to get a room, but I've never heard that one. (laughs) First of all, no one knows the sex of a child before the baby is born. As long as women have children, no one will ever be able to determine the sex of a child before the baby is born. And secondly, you think angels talk to you? (laughs) Son, they've got doctors for this kind of thing. What about the stable? Rachel whispered. We do have a stable. 
Our inn was built by a cave dug into a hillside. We built a shed over it to protect from the elements. When the weather is good, the animals usually stay in the open courtyard. But when the weather is inclement, they will bed down in the safety and warmth of our stable. Sometimes on rare occasions, we'll, we'll even put guests out there. It's a cozy place to sleep. Rachel's had me stay out there uh, <laughs> night or two. Once we got Mary and Joseph settled, Rachel and I went back to our room hoping to find some sleep. And that's when in the quietness of the night, we could hear Mary singing.
We finally fell asleep, but then we heard some noise, some commotion from down in the courtyard. I went to investigate, and, and I discovered a crowd of shepherds around the cave. Please, we want no trouble, I persisted. We have not come for trouble. We have come to see the Christ child born in your stable. I looked. There was a baby in my manger, swaddled with clothes. Joseph said they gave him the name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. I said to the shepherds, how did you know about the birth of this baby? And they said, an angel of the Lord appeared to us, and the glory of the Lord shone round about us, and, and we were terrified. But the angel said to us, don't be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You'll find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly, with that one angel, there was a, a multitude of angels praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. And when the angels left, we said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that the Lord has told us about. And so here we are. <laughs> I looked at Joseph, and he just smiled at me. Shepherds, an unusual welcoming committee for royalty, don't you think? But they worshiped the babe, presented to him two of their best lambs, and then they were gone. The next few days, we found a place for Mary and Joseph to stay just on the edge of town, and they made it their home. On the eighth day, they went up to Jerusalem to present baby Jesus in the temple as the law requires. And while they were there, they saw two old prophets who confirmed that this baby was the Messiah. Simeon said, Sovereign Lord, you may now dismiss your servant in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation. And Anna gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to everyone who is looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. They went back to Bethlehem. Rachel helped out Mary as much as she could. She was there often in their home. Our little Joshua loved holding baby Jesus. Joseph found work as a craftsman and everything was pretty normal. 
for about a year until the circus came to town. A, a group of scholars, wise men from the East, arrived. Oh, it, it was quite a spectacle. Men in long, expensive robes with impressive turbans, riding on magnificent horses, donkeys and camels laden with goods, and a whole contingency of servants. They rode right through town and straight to the house where Mary and Joseph were staying. Rachel and I got there just in time to see the magi bow before the toddler. They gave him extravagant gifts, expensive gifts, gold, valuable spices. And they called him king. I thought about all the names that have been given to this child. The prophet Micah said, a ruler over Israel. Joseph said, Jesus, who will save his people from their sins. The shepherd says, the Christ child, the savior. Simeon, God's salvation. Anna, the one who's going to redeem Jerusalem. And now the Magi call him king. I asked the Magi, where did you learn about this coming king? Who told you? They said, we saw a star in the heavens, the most brilliant and beautiful star we had ever seen. It appeared in our country, telling us that a king was born in your country. So we followed the star for months until we got to Jerusalem. But when we got to Jerusalem, no one seemed to know anything about a king. Except your king, Herod, he was very interested. He called us into the palace and wanted to know the exact time the star appeared. Then he called his teachers of the law and wanted to know the exact place where the king would be born. The prophets said, Bethlehem. So Herod sent us here. And when we left Jerusalem, that star that led us from the east reappeared and brought us right to the very house where the child king lives. Rachel's faith grew stronger. My faith had just been born. And then Tragedy struck our town. Herod sent soldiers in unannounced and in minutes they covered the city. They went to every house. Strong soldiers holding back, screaming parents why other soldiers took their swords and plunged it into the bodies of little babies. Every boy under two murdered. took place in less than an hour and no one escaped not my little Joshua or Samuel then I be, began to understand the prophet Jeremiah saying in Ramah was there a voice heard and lamentation and weeping and great mourning Rachel weeping for her children but could not be comforted because they were no more. 
Neighbors said that Mary and Joseph escaped just before the soldiers came as though someone had warned them. I wish someone would have warned me. I was very bitter. Why did my boys have to die? How, how could some psychopath create such violence? How could heartless soldiers kill innocent children? We are living in a sick and wicked world. Where is God in all of this, I thought. We attended many funerals, including for our own boys. The funeral stopped after days, but the grief has lived on for years. And Rachel died not long after that. And I was alone. And I didn't know what to believe. It was many years before I heard the name Jesus again. By that time, he had become a very popular rabbi. Thousands of people were following him. Our religious leaders were jealous, so they rejected him. But in the town just a couple miles away, only a couple months ago, there was a man named Lazarus who died, and Jesus brought him back from the dead. I talked to someone who saw it. And then I heard Jesus in the temple say, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Oh, and those words struck my heart. Do I? Do I believe this? Yes, I've seen his works. I've heard his words, and I believe that the Father has sent his Son, Jesus, to be the Savior of the world, the one who was born in my inn over 30 years ago. And then Jesus shows up on my doorstep. I didn't know why he came, but we had a great visit. And I've I've been trying to collect my thoughts from our conversation, and I thought, well, I thought I'd try my hand at poetry and put down some of those thoughts. My wife would have been 58 that day when Jesus passed the gate, slowly walked toward my inn. I didn't know that it was him. He came to me that early morn to find the place where he was born. Our inn had always been a place for hospitality and grace. And to the poor we'd often say, we have no room, but kindly stay out in the back. There's lots of hay. I never was a wandering man. Rachel and I, we had a plan to marry, have a child or two, and serve the folks who traveled through. I said to him, Have a seat. I'm glad we have this chance to meet. Then Jesus said, do you recall the tax when Caesar said to all that everyone must be enrolled? Then I winced. Are north winds cold? 
That was an awful year for me when God ordained that strange decree. He said to me, how say you so that it was awful long ago? What brought you pain upon that day when Caesar made the people pay? I said, one night a family came that carried with them holy fame. And so we thought, this is of God. But in one year, the slaughter squad from Herod came. That ghastly night, they filled our town with wicked fright. Before I found the breath to yell, I heard these words inspired of hell. Kill every child under two. Spare none tonight. This you must do. We didn't even have a clue of what the soldiers came to do. No time to run, no time to pray, no time to little ones to say goodbye. For there was only time to see my dear ones ripped away from me. For at that time we had two boys who loved to play with children's toys and when that wicked night was done, our boys were gone and we had none. Young man, you ever lost a son? The tears were streaming down his cheek. He shook his head but didn't speak. My wife and I, we wept for years and nothing held back Rachel's tears. They robbed her life just, just like a thief. She died in brokenness and grief. Then Jesus said, I am the boy that Herod wanted to destroy. You gave my parents room to stay upon the freshly gathered hay. And on that night, God gave me life and later took your lovely wife. Dear Ezra, do not ask me why that one should live, another die. God's ways are high and you don't know. But I have come this day to show what my father prepared that night. You made a place for heaven's light. In two weeks, I'll be crucified. But three days later, I shall rise out of the tomb and from the dead and place my foot upon the head of him who has the power of death. And I will raise with life and breath your wife and Josh. And Samuel too. And give them Ezra back to you. Forever. He came to give me hope. Hope of a life that would never end. By his death, he'll conquer death. And by his resurrection, he'll give life to everyone who believes. Many years ago, I almost turned Mary and Joseph away. I told them I, I had no room for them. I pray that you will not turn Jesus away this morning and say that you have no room for him. No, I pray that you will open up your heart and say, come into my heart, Lord Jesus, 
There's room in my heart for thee.